0: breathe man Good morning to all of you. Welcome to the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. I am your teacher of the mysteries, preacher of the heart, Brother Marty Leeds. Thank you all for being here. We are coming live from Beecher, Wisconsin. I am your Beecher Preacher, and you are listening to the Sunday service that we do every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. Now, last Sunday we missed because we had internet issues. We shouldn't have any problems this time. But if you guys didn't catch last Sunday, we did do a stream last Sunday, and it was on... The Arthurian Legend, of course, we did Sword in the Stone um, by Walt Disney, and I hope you guys get a chance to check that out, Uh, put a lot of time and effort into it, and got a really good response. Uh, Hasn't been seen by that many people, but it is a good one. I would definitely recommend it. So today we're going to talk about, this is episode 57. We've done 57 of these. Uh, Sunday service, the spiritual meaning of the hamsa. We are going to discuss the hamsa today. And I don't know what I did with my hamsa. Oh, there it is. There it is. We're going to discuss this bad boy here today. And we're going to figure out what it means. And why is this considered a sacred symbol? Okay, so we're going to talk about that. But first, we are going to set the do this right with a prayer. And this is the hamsa prayer. Dear Lord. Let no sadness come to this heart, let no trouble come to these arms, let no conflict come to these eyes, let my soul be filled with the blessing of joy and peace. Amen. That's a pretty simple one, huh? Simple, quick, and to the point. All right, so yes, today we're going to talk about the spiritual meaning of the Hamsa, And so this is a symbol that is known, a lot of people have this. In fact, when I first saw the symbol like a long time ago, um... I sort of fell in love with it. Not even, Of course, I didn't even know what it meant, but I was like, God, that's weird. It's unique. And there's three fingers and two thumbs. And sometimes it's shown like this. And sometimes it's shown like this. And uh, most often than not, there's a heart or, uh, excuse me, an eye in the center of the palm. Sometimes there's a heart, that sort of thing. There's different expressions of the hamsa, but we're going to pick this thing apart today. Now, I'm going to warn you right now, this is very mathy. We're going to get very mathy today. So if you guys don't like the math stuff, you might want to find a different church service or watch another one of these or something like that but in order to really understand what is being mentioned here what this thing means we have to get into the math so i'm warning you okay good all right so the hamsa well this is what the hamsa of course once again looks like and a lot of people have these in their homes and things like that and ours says um, i forget where we got this i think we got this in hawaii or it was a, a gift or something but it says i am protected and it's usually like an amulet or a Oh, what do they call those? Like a talisman kind of thing. Sometimes people wear it for that. It's a a symbol of protection is what it is. Why? Why? (laughs) This is the thing that we sort of deal with on this channel is that we, one of the things that I do is that, you know, and I try to teach is that there's so many of these things, these spiritual symbols or rituals or stories and things like that, that, People envelop into their lives, or they'll hang on their wall or stuff like that. And then if you go and ask them, like, "Well, what is what does that mean?" Well, it means I'm protected. Well, okay, why? <laughs> right? We're we're filled. Our world is filled with things that we do all the time, things that we like, symbols that we like, rituals that we do, and we don't know the meaning of them. We don't understand the spiritual potency of of what we're handed or what we're doing. And so on this channel and in this church, we try to take those ideas and really explain them to to people in a, in a very um, I try to do it in a very concise, precise, you know, coherent method. And so, you know, people can get this and be like, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so that we're gonna we're gonna try to do that with the hamsa today. So what is the hamsa? Arabic, um, it's a hamsa, it's a is a palm-shaped amulet, popular throughout North Africa and the Middle East. It's used in jewelry, wall hangings. You probably, once again, a lot of people have this on their hand, depicting depicting the open right hand, an image recognized and used as a sign of protection in many times throughout history. The hamsa has been traditionally believed to provide defense against the evil eye. Of course, the evil eye is the eye of Sauron, right? The eye of, right, basically just like, um, it's one of these things like the, it's like, it's just like in the Lord of the Rings, right? The closer and closer that you get to throwing the ring in, the closer and closer you get to, you know, spiritual gold, the keener and keener the devil's eye is going to be on you, right? The closer, the higher you get up the spiritual mountain, the more the devil's going to want you. He's like, no, 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 no. I don't want you to get up there, okay? The Hamsa is an ancient Middle Eastern amulet symbolizing the hand of God. In all faiths, it is a protective sign. It brings its owner happiness, luck, health, and good fortune. The hamsa is known by many names, hamsa, hamsa hand, hamesh, hamesh hand, hamsa, and shamsa. It's also called the hand of Miriam, named for Moses and Aaron's sister. There are two main styles of hamsa hand. The most popular is the stylized hand with two symmetrical thumbs, the one we'll talk about today. But there are also hams... Uh, hamsas that are not symmetrical and just shaped like actual hands. So some of these, it's called the hand of Fatima, things like that. It'll literally just be a hand symbol. What's up with it? Why, why the hand? Well, of course, if you've been following along, you know that there's lots of things that we'll talk about with the hand. Um, so there's uh, just a couple different um, versions of the hamsa there. It's, it's, once again, I, I really love this symbol fell in love with it uh, at an early age. The hamsa is a universal sign of protection. The evil eye originated as a symbol, but is generally known as bad energy brought to, brought by anyone with malice or through evil looks, right? It's basically this thing to like say, stay away, evil, okay? Um, the hamsa hand is universally known for uniting the good, dispelling the bad, bringing about positive energy and thwarting negative energies. This is sort of just the thing that you'll get if you just drum up a Google search on it. And there, it's it's not like it's a, it's pretty spot on, of course. Um the air, the hamsa... Uh, come here, little bird. Come here. Yeah, you want to say hi? You don't You don't have any hamsas. You got paws. He's got a... Willie doesn't have a hamsa. He has a paw. He has a PAW. So he's got four PAWs. And PAW in English, Gamatria, is 314. So he's got four. He's got four pies. But you ain't got a hamsa, do you? No, you don't. And you're blind. You can't... He sees God with the th- eye inside his mind. He can't see anything in the outside world. He's pure spirit, this dog is, right? he's like "Ah, oh, papa can i go back to mama now All right there you go buddy. arabic word meaning five five a very important number the five fingers of the hand in jewish culture the hamsa is associated with the number five because of the five fingers picked on the hand Duh. and beca- and so notice that the hand has five fingers or has five appendages and so does the hamsa it's got two thumbs and three fingers but it's got five total Basically, just a different way of showing you five. What's up with that? We'll talk about it today. The hamsa has also been known as the hand of Fatima after the daughter of Muhammad. And that's the first time I had ever heard of it was the hand of uh, Fatima, if I'm saying that correctly. Hand of God, hand of Fatima, hand of Miriam, hand of the mother Mary and Hamash. Now, the point is, is that this symbol, this hamsa symbol is used in religions all over the world. It's used in like Tibetan and Hinduism and Judaism and Christianity. Wait, I thought that they were battling one another. But they're using the same symbol. What's up with that? The only way that you could possibly understand why this is used in different religions and has the same meaning is if you actually realize that those religions, when you get past the exoteric, have the same esoteric imprint, then then it makes sense. Why is a single symbol being able to be used in Judaism and Christianity, and why? Because it's actually referencing something that's universal. As we know, teaching the Prisca Theologia, that's what God is, available to all people, universal, axiomatic, okay? What do we know? Religions come along and do what, right? In the sense that, actually, I shouldn't even say religions. I should say people that adopt religions come along and they do what? They do the possessive thing. Mine, 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 mine. The hamsa is a symbol that actually tells you there's something that's transcendent about all those religions. There's if they're all They're all using this singular symbol to be like, hey, this means good stuff to us. Hand of God, that sort of thing. Well, how is it that you're using it and you're using it and you're using it and you're using it? Why? Because what's being taught here is universal. I'm having deja vu right now for some reason. Really weird. Really weird. Okay, anyway. So, must be a glitch in the matrix. So, this is what Gnosticism teaches. Gnosticism comes along, and even though we teach about the cube and we teach about the box, what we do is we take all of those boxes that you put yourself in and just smack it, take the thing, lift it off, and then then people will come along and be like, but you're a Gnostic, and then they try to put the box over that, and we're like, no, 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 no. What you thought about that was incorrect, too. So what we're doing is trying to, so you can understand what this means. We're gonna take that box, oh, oh, right, and remove that and be like, but I thought it was in these walls. That's what that's what we that's what we do here. Okay, so now we've done. Well, let me make sure that I'm okay. Yes, here. So. The hand is a universal symbol. Obviously, everybody has a hand. It doesn't matter if you're atheist, agnostic, or it doesn't matter what religion you believe in. You could be a deist or you could be a unitarian or a trinitarian. It doesn't even matter. Guess who guess what all of this is? The same for everybody. That's God. That's what God actually is. Available all to all people. The same universe, the same universals are available to all people. This is why the hand becomes such a symbol of 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 deity and religion and God. Is because, guess what, God, the, the, the symbol of the hand ultimately comes on saying, hey, guess what, I'm universal. I'm in all of you. Just like we read in Matthew, the sun shines on the noble and the ignoble, the, 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 the true and the false in this sense, right? The bad and the good. The sun shines on all of it. The hand is, is for everybody as well. So what do we learn about the hand? The hand of the hamsa, and we're not going to look at just the regular hand because we do that enough. We're going to look at this new stylized hand with three fingers and two thumbs. We know that the hand has all sorts of different. Oh, there's a there's a mathematical, literally a, t- a, a a multiplication table on your hands. That's just one of the thing, the math that we can do. God, when He gave us these, gave us a multiplication table naturally on these things. Then He also said, Oh, you can map the sun, broken up into quarter hours with the, your hands. Then we can also, there's all sorts of things we can do, of course. You can put Genesis 1 1 in English and Genesis 1 1 in Hebrew on your hands as well. Okay? Now we know, once again, these, these tools have been in front of us our entire lives, and yet most of us never look down and actually be like, well, what, what is this thing? God, oh man, know thyself, and you shall know the universe and the gods. I think they might be onto something. I think those Gnostics might have been onto something. The Delphic Oracle being like, know yourself, know what's right in front of you. That's what the hand of Fatima, that's what the Hamsa is trying to get to you. It's trying to tell you there's order and perfection. It's written right on your hands. And most people go their entire lives using these things every day and not once look down and be like, huh, is there order here? Well, we know there is. I'm not going to go over this math. I'll just put it on the screen for those of you listening at home. 1 through 7 add it multiply 1 through 7 divide it what do you get you get the holy trinity the mathematics of the holy trinity are on your hands we also talk about the fact that the holy this these this right here mystically metaphorically is your holy grail the cup that which from which jesus drank This gold-plated chalice, and it had diamonds, and, you know, it was rung with silver, and it was this magical thing, and it glowed, and it's like, oh, that was the cup from which the Last Supper with Jesus drank in. No, the riddle, and all of this stuff is riddles, by the way. This, this, my friends, is a riddle. What does this mean? How many people right now have this on, they're listening right now, that have this on their home, at their home, they have no idea what it means. It's a riddle. This is begging you to say, what the heck is this? The Holy Grail is your own two hands. The cup from which Jesus drank, as I like to say, Jesus didn't need some special cup from the Roman Empire or the disciples crafted by hand and gave it to you Jesus. No, Jesus went to the river, knelt down on his own two hands, got down with his Holy Grail and drank that river like that. This is the cup from which Jesus drank. This is is the cup in which immortality exists. You are the vassal. You are the cup. All of these things, all of this stuff we've talked about before, the alchemical hand of the mysteries, we'll do a whole live stream on that. What does all of that mean? Why is there a fish and a star and a sun and a key and and an hourglass and and a crown and a moon and mercury? What is going on there? We'll talk about all of that. Once again, another way of showing you the exact same thing. Wait, alchemy and Hinduism and Tibetanism and Christianity and, and they use this in Islam, all the Abrahamic. I'm getting confused here. What's going on? This tells you right now that what is behind all of those things is something universal. And all these people want to fight over it, and yet they're using the same damn symbol. Does that not tell you that I think we might have we, we, a lot of people might have their heads places that they shouldn't be? I'm being very PG right now. Okay, so let's talk about five. Let's talk about the hand. This might be a review for somebody, for a lot of people here. Alphabet in the hands. Yeah, exactly. Five, five. That's what hamsa means. It means five, okay? And then, of course, once again, it gives you uh, the hand, but it gives you in a different way. It's like, well, that's not, okay? So we'll get into that. So hamsa means hand. Um, or it's a reference to the hand, of course, right? So five and five, and it's, it means five. And of course, five, duh, five one thumb and five, four fingers, of course. Now, phi, the mathematical constant of phi is what we'll talk about, okay? And this is one of the things that they reference in the number five. Um, so when we, when you go to do, lots of people try to do philosophy online and fail miserably. This is where Marty's gonna get a little cocky, Sorry. But I've been listening to a lot of this nonsense and noise on the internet for a long time. Like, I do philosophy. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't even come close to doing philosophy. Philosophy requires that you actually focus on mathematics. The core and key of philosophy requires you to understand the principles, qualities, attributes, and universality of numbers. It says it right in the word. phi lasso phi, Phonetics. Phi and phi. Phi and phi are both references to what's known as the golden ratio and the golden mean, and we'll get into this. Now, the word philosophy, you go into the Greek, you go into the etymology, it essentially means love of wisdom. Phylos means love of, of, Sophia essentially means wisdom, and then a source of love of wisdom put together. But that's, of course, not the only way that you can deconstruct a word. You can, also de- you can look at the definition, you can look at etymology, you can look at phonetics. This is proper linguistic study here, okay? Phi lasso phi. So phi and phi, the phonetics of philosophy, phi, fi, 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 fi. pho phum, right? That's a reference to what? Phi. Philosophy is the systemized study, the systetized study of general and fundamental questions such as those about existence, reason, knowledge, values, mind, and language. Philosophical methods include questioning, critical discussion, rational argument, and systematic systematic presentation. Of course, once again, love of knowledge, pursuit of wisdom, that sort of thing. We talk about as Gnostics that it's like, hey... We have a pursuit of esoteric knowledge. That's what gnosis means. That we're, And then somebody will come along and be like, they're just in love with their intellect and stuff. It's like, no, we just want to do proper philosophy. In order to, un, we need to know what God wants of us. That's what gnosis actually means. Don't let anybody else tell you otherwise, right? L- you know, get it straight from the source here, from as somebody that actually runs an actual Gnostic church. Gnostic. To be a Gnostic means I want to know what God wants of me. I want to know His will, and I want to follow that. That's what it means. Don't let anybody else tell you otherwise, because it's a bunch of horse apples. Philosophy, in order, the word tells you itself. You're going to have to do your. If you want to, if you want to ponder and ruminate and, and that sort of thing on the nature of creation and language and God and stuff like that, you better best do your study. In math, math, there is not a single science that does not require the application of maths, period. If we can name one, even psychology will get into math. You go, you read Carl Jung and he does dream interpretation. One of the thir- first things would be like, oh, why are they drawing circles and squares all the time in this dream interpretation? <laughs> There's not a single science that you can do where you will not apply math. Philosophy in the Word is telling you about that. Plato said, No other branch of education has a vast range of applications as mathematics, but its greatest advantage is that it wakes up the individual who is by nature sleepy and slow witted, sharpening his memory and wits and leading him beyond his normal capacity by divine art. That's right, mathematics is a divine art. That's what it is. Numbers are the highest degree of knowledge, it is knowledge itself philosophy tells you that philosophy says if you want to ruminate and ponder on the nature of existence of god and your place in it you better best make your foundation in mathematics hence why phi la sophie let's talk about what phi and phi is phi phi five five is a fingerprint of god that's what it is it's a design signature within creation that's what phi is, that's what 1.618 is, that's what the golden mean, the golden ratio is. Many people know that. What we have to do is understand what we're looking at, okay? When you see, and I'll show different examples of this, but, so what What you see in the pentagram here, and when you draw a perfect pentagram, which is what, five-pointed, five-pointed stars. In other words, God, in his, in, in the metaphysical realms, has imagined and dreamed up geometry and math, right? A metaphysical language, has given it to mankind, and all mankind has to do is go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five. And he's got a fingerprint, notice I used fingerprint, of God right on his hands. All he has to do is measure that ratio and what does he have? That ratio is found all over the world. It's one to point six one eight or 1.618 to one. Many people know this. It's the golden mean golden ratio. Music is math. That's absolutely right. Um, so we have this fingerprint of creation, fingerprint of God, design signature within creation, found in a pentagram. Simple, right? Now, the, the important point here is that what people will do is come along and say, oh, um, well, if you see phi here and phi here and phi here, all you're doing is pattern recognition, pattern recognition. That's all you're doing. And then they'll use that as to throw it out as it doesn't mean anything. No, pattern recognition is actually a sign of intelligence, Okay. When somebody says and tries to, like, you know, oh, that's just, you're just pattern recognizing, listen to actually what they're saying. Listen to the esoteric, the mysticism, when you do proper etymology, what they're actually saying. Oh, you're just pattern recognizing. Wait a second, we just talked about how pattern comes from paternos, which means father, which means the Father in heaven. So when somebody comes along and says, "Ah, oh, Marty, you're just a pattern recognizer, what are they actually saying etymologically? Oh, you're just recognizing what? The divinity of the Father everywhere. Pattern recognizing. Oh, you're just going and recognizing, oh, there's God and there's God and there's his signature and there's his design and there's order. That's all you're doing. Yeah, you bet your ass that's all I'm doing. Yeah, I know. I know because we can see God within all things. Phi, Phi, the hamsa, is one of the things that God has given us to allow us to open those doors in our consciousness. Allows us to go out into the world, see that order, see that design element and in a flower. And then turn around and be like, whoa, it's in the human being too. And as you'll see, it's upstairs in the heavens as well. So Phi, the golden mean, golden ratio, the golden spiral. Many people know this. I'm not going to hammer on this too much, but Phi... Um, seen in lots of places, all over the human body. Of course, the human body is five extensions from the torso. Um, you can see the, you know, alchemical little drawing there. The ratio 5, 1 to 0.618, 1.618 to 1. That's found on your fingers. It's found on the proportions of your body. Um, just different examples of this, okay? Uh, the cochlea of your ear. Right, your even your finger, you can do this, and you'll get you'll get the ratio of like one points. If you you measure it out to here, one point six, just as it shows there, one point six one eight, and then you'll have here is point you know It's that kind of thing. The human arm. And once again, this is your. Um, generally speaking, will measure out to approximately 1.618. Now you're never going to get the exactly why. Well, because we're fluid, we're movement, we're constantly in movement. Nothing is static. You're not actually measuring static geometry. What you're measuring is, you know, well, eternality going through materiality is what you're doing. But the point is, is that this ratio of phi that you find on by by God's just saying count to five, peeps, and you'll find this. That's on your arm. Why is this important? Because that's the cubit. The cubit, the ancient measure of the cubit, is based on what? You can see there's the Egyptian, you know, the different cubit, things like that. It was generally based on your arm. So, you know, from your elbow to essentially your wrist is about 1.618, and then the rest of your hand will pr- approximate out to, you know, measure out to, proportion out to one. Now why is this important? Because this is the kind of thing that you need to understand in order to understand the Bible at all. And unfortunately, we live in a time where the people that read this have no idea. In fact, if you brought this up, you'd be like, "Oh, ah, just a you worship math. You're just No. No, no, no. This is the cubit, bro. It's measured 1.618. You find it in a pentagram. This is Revelation. This is the city of God. Just as this it's called the golden mean. The city of God is gold. Okay? The city lies four square, and the length is large as the breadth. We've talked about this. And then it goes and goes this next line says, And he measured the wall of the city of God that's all cubed and gold, and a hundred and forty and four cubits. Cubits according to the measure of a man. In order to understand God and his city and how gold it is and how beautiful it is, you gotta look at yourself. O oh man, know thyself, and you shall know the universe and the gods. It's right in front of you. It's right on your arm. It's here, and it's upstairs as well. God's fingerprint, his fingerprint. There's Once again, this all comes from Hamsa. five. That's all it's saying. They're giving you a religious symbol. They're giving you the hand, and they're saying five. What does it mean? Why? Why is it sacred? There's 365 days of the sun that travels around our flat stationary earth. Just want to make sure we're clear here. The sun, it's a a celestial metaphysical object and it's traveling over our flat stationary earth. Just want to make sure we're cool with that. And then there's 225 days of Venus. Venus is known as the symbol of, uh, it's a lot of times considered a planet of love. Why? 365 days divided by 225 is what? It's 1.62. In other words, it's a what 99.6% correct to 1.618, which is an infinite number, which is a, you know, a number that you have to approximate by the way. In other words, this same measurement, this golden mean golden ratio that you found on your arm, that the Bible, the Bible here is saying, "Hey, measure that and you're going to understand where God lives." Then you go upstairs and it's up there too. This is why we said, Oh, Father in heaven, Oh, Father in heaven, Oh, patterns of beauty and order and design metaphysically above me. What is God speaking? How? What, what is the sun? I don't know. What's Venus? I don't know. How far away is it? I don't know. Can we me- land on it? No, no. That's all horse apples. What are those things? I don't know. What can we do though? We can measure, count, map, and track those things. And when we do that, what do we get? Golden order and beauty found where? God wanted to make it so complicated, he put it right here. Holy shnikes. Really? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's what he did. This is known as the Kiss of Venus. What do you guys see here? God bless it. That looks like it's very fivey. It's very, very (laughs) fivey. So, and this is from perspective on earth this isn't like some heliocentric blah 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 this is the earth being stationary just like you would on a reading an astrological chart okay so in the kiss of venus what is the kiss of venus it's venus this is order and design and beauty this is what we said when we said god is a musician he's like here's venus oh here's the sun and in, in between those things what is it the ratio of his fingerprint, his design. Venus passes between the sun and earth every 584 days. So every 584 days, you, know, you, see, you see this conjunction between, you know, essentially Venus passes before the sun. The kiss of Venus with the earth occurs over an eight-year period. And so eight and five, by the way, are eight. That's Those are Fibonacci numbers. I'm not going to get into that. And which leads to the golden ratio. Too much to discuss right now. Venus passes between the sun and earth every 584 days. The kiss of Venus with the earth occurs in eight, over an eight-year period, and that movement of the heavenly body as it moves around the earth draws a beautiful geometric pattern of what? Five. Five. Who owns Venus and the sun? Muslims. The Muslims got it. No, 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 it was the Tibetans. No, it's, the, oh, it's, it's all three of the Abrahamic faiths that can't agree with one another. They, nobody owns it nobody this is what the Hamsa tells you it's God you get to hear you don't need you don't need to follow the doctrines and dogma of a bunch of church fathers that don't know jack-all God's saying hey my message to use right here so when we look at now let's go into the actual symbol of the the hamsa. Right, let's look at what these, you know, once again, we're given a hand, but it's not a hand. It's a frickin' three fingers and two thumbs, and it's really confusing. I don't know what's going on here. We did a lecture called, um, sorry. We did a lecture called Episode 41 of the Sunny Service, Understanding Symbolism 101. And I highly recommend you watch that, because basically what we do is go over, step by step, sort of the things that you have to go through when you see a symbol, there's there's a certain like sort of list of questions and things like that that you can ask the symbol that will immediately give you information. Now we're never taught this stuff and of course we're never taught this stuff in school. The you know the mystery school tradition will tell you that it's all symbolic. Like ultimately, you know, even the letters of the words that we speak are symbols, right? As we know. So it's all symbolic. So if you want to understand anything, you have to go head first into symbolism. Dive into it. We don't really have any symbol. This is the closest thing that you're going to get to a school of symbolism out there, as far as I know. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, I don't know anybody else that will try to actually help you understand. No, how can we logically, rationally, and actually deduce higher levels of information from that symbolism? What is the methodology that I need to go in and, and extract that? That's what we try to teach. So, this is some of the things that we covered in that live stream. Number one, in re- when you're talking about specifically religious symbols like this, right? When you speak like, this is a religious symbol around the world. One of the, th- several of the things that are talking about are universals and transcendentals. Universals and transcendentals. That's what's trying to be revealed to you in religious symbols. Also, religious symbols always have to do with you. They are always... Like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, whatever is being revealed it has to do directly with you, your relationship to God, and your spiritual quest. Period. Universal, and, universals, and transcendentals—that's what's being revealed through the HAMSA. What are those things? I don't—I don't want to just put a bunch of spit out a bunch of words and then not substantiate what we're saying. No, no, no. Let's do that. Universals and transcendentals. Where do we find we find them in mathematics, and we find them in the heavens. What, are, what is math? It's supernatural. It's There's an infinitude to math, meaning that numbers go on forever. There's no, st- you can't be one, two, three, four, all the way to 80 gazillion, 458 billion, blah, 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 blah. It just keeps going, 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 They're supernatural. They're infinite. They're sequential. They're naturally ordered. One, two, what's next? It's three, right? What's after that? Four, what's after that? Five. Who made that order? Where does it come from? God. What does the hamsa tell you? Same thing. Incorruptible, infallible, available to all mathematics are. Stars are the same thing. They're metaphysical. They're in the spiritual realms. You can't go up there and drive a car around on Mars and all that other stuff. They're incorruptible. They're available to all. They're infallible. It's the same thing. So when we see something like this and we, we know that, hey, this is trying to connect us to God, we know, we need to know that, hey, whatever is one of the things or many of the things that are being presented to us in this is that stuff. What is that? So, you know, how do we extract that? Okay, well, let's ask the right questions. Well, number one, a gateway to symbolism is numbers and geometry. It's why you have... talk about this in just a second, but this is why you have the quadrivium, right? The quadrivium is uh, the four classic liberal arts, number, geometry, music, and cosmology, right? Well, number and geometry, the seven classic liberal arts, quadrivium and trivium, two of them, numbers and geometry, most people if you said numbers and geometry, they'd be like, oh, you can make numbers fit anything. Can you make two plus two equal anything quantitatively than four? Then what are you talking about? Classic study, if you want to actually educate yourself, they're telling you Number and geometry, you better know your shit, son. Numbers and geometry are the gateway to understanding symbolism. All of these things that are presented on that page right there, you can't understand a lick of them unless you understand numbers. What are the questions that we have to ask this? This is what we covered in Symbolism 101. What are the questions? Okay, how do we analyze this? Well, what are your qualities? What are your attributes? What are your characteristics? What makes this unique? What makes it unique? I've never seen a hand with two thumbs and three fingers. Okay. Um, is it natural versus mystical? We'll get into that in just a second. Are there numbers associated to it? Yes. Is it astrological? Well, as far as we know, I can't really see any direct reference to star study here. So does it belong in a system? Well, no. I mean, it's you know available. All these different cultures and religions herald this thing, so it doesn't belong to anybody particular. Okay. Are there colors? Those change. What's the, what's the context? All over. Who made it? We have no idea. So when we look at all of these things, we're only left with a few things that we can even, you know, go into this thing and actually understand it. What are those things? Well, what makes it unique? Is it natural versus mystical? We'll get into that in a second. Are there numbers associated to it? Well, there. Now, now we're into some meat and potatoes here, right? Because, yes, of course, we can count our phalanges. Okay, so one of the things we covered in that live stream was when you go to analyze a symbol, the first thing you need to do is go into your mind and ask yourself, is this thing natural or is it mystical or mythical? Okay, is it natural? Well, no, it's not natural. I've never seen anybody with a right hand that has two thumbs and three fingers. That's not a thing that exists in our material world. So we know it's out of the realm of the natural. And now, and that doesn't mean it doesn't, point to things in the natural world. That's not what I'm saying. Obviously, it points to the hand, but it's not presented just as the hand, is it? So, therefore, we already know we're in the land of mythical. We're in the land of the, the mythical. So, now we say, well, this doesn't exist in the real world. Now, I'm going to have to go in and understand what this means, okay? Um, once again, there's different versions of the hamsa. This is where we'll get into some math. So, grab a hold of your BVDs, because here we go. Okay, so... Um, different versions of the hamsa the first thing you're going to see is that well we're going to count we just did a i just did the walt disney's a sword in the stone and we talked about the fact that merlin comes along and he's like presta digitonium," is what he says and I, and I explained in that video that a digitator is somebody who is quick with their fingers presto means quick and digitus me is the latin for finger Okay, this is Latin digitus, digit finger. So, so when somebody when in that movie he says presta digitonium, he's saying presta digitator, presta digitation, which means you're quick with your fingers. And what is it? It's a magic. It's it's a it's a magic incantation or spell. He's like presta digitonium, you are you are doing magic and you're quick with your fingers. The hamsa, as we do on this channel, we count the phalanges. God has given us has separated our hands into these natural segments that any child could come along and count, right? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13, and 14. So your hand has naturally 14 segmented parts. The HAMSA doesn't have that, though, does it? The HAMSA, no. Now you look at the HAMSA and you're like, well, how do I deconstruct this thing? Well, once again, when we go to Um, our symbolism we're only given a few things that we can use to deconstruct this well what's you know what makes it unique is it natural mythical mystical are there numbers associated to it yes of course you look at the you look at the phalanges of the ham saw as opposed to the ham you have one two on the thumb and then you have three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve and thirteen for the other thumb so there's thirteen phalanges on this top And then there's 14 in the bottom. Well, that right there says what? There's a difference of one. I'm not going to go into that. We'll we'll get back into that. That's a rule of kollel thing. But this is one of the things they're saying. There's one missing here, isn't there? Okay. So now where the where the just so you know where the palm is right here is actually 13 bones in your hand. So there's this will pay attention. Okay. On your regular hand, you have 14 phalanges. 14 phalanges. And then on the palm, there's 13. So your regular hand has the differentiation between 13 hidden and 14 visible in this sense. Like you can see the bone distinctions here, right? Can you see them in your palm? No. Palm is 13, phalanges 14. Just like this. Palm is 13, 14 phalanges. This has 13 phalanges on the top though. Okay, well, once again, some math here. And this is gonna all lead into each other. We're gonna see, we're gonna go here, we're gonna go here, 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 and here, and here. And what it's gonna do is go all back into the center. It's gonna all link to one another. Through what? A universal medium that God has given us, which is exactly what the hand is telling you about. Math. So there's 13 and 14 phalanges on the difference between these two hamsas. 13 times 14 is 182. You guys can do the math yourself. 13 times 14 is 182. Okay. Now <laughs> uh, the 42nd prime. Pay attention. This is where we get mathy as hell. 13 times 14. 13 phalange or 13 bones within the hand, 14 out here, or we can say Hamsa 13, regular hand 14. 13 times 14 is 182. 182. The 42nd prime number, 42, 42, 42, 42. Pay attention, 42nd prime is 181, which means the divisors of 181 are one and 181. So the sum, in other words, the 42nd prime, the sum of its divisors is what? 13 times 14. 13 and 14 is a reference to the 42nd prime. Now, 13 and 14 is actually where you establish pi in the number line. So we walk up 0, 1, 2, 3. We've done this many times. Review 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Let's do it this way. 0, 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14. 13 and 14. 13 times 14 is 182. Reference the 42nd prime. 13 and 14 is also where you establish pi in the number line. 13, 14, and 15. Just mirror those. 3, 1, 4, 1, five one you put a decimal place in there and what that's a that's a um an approximation of pi that's probably 99.998 percent correct and all you do is what mirroring and the placement of a decimal which requires what your creative faculties do you think that you're going to need your creative faculties to unriddle this thing Let me ask you one more. Do you think you're going to need your creative faculties to unriddle this thing? So, 13 and 14 lead you to the place where pi is established in the number line. Now, what's so amazing is that God, with the natural mathematics, has also given man another way to point to this place in the number line. What do I mean? Using the same thing, mirroring, Mirroring. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. 13, 14, 15 is where we establish pi in the number line. 13 plus 14 plus 15 is what? It's 42. It's 42. 13 and 14 is 182, and that's the sum of the divisors of what? The 42nd prime. You see what's happening here? We'll keep going, too. All of these things that are all end up going to point to the same thing. When you walk up your number line, zero zero one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen 12, 13, and 14, look at the numbers past the number 10. 11, 12, 13. If you square those numbers and their mirrors, they mirror each other. just as you can see on the screen. 11 squared is 121. The mirror of 11 is 11. That's 121 when one squared. 12. 12 squared is 144. The mirror of 12 is 21. 21 squared is what? 441. It's a mirror. 13 squared is 169. The mirror of 13 is what? 31. This is just naturally how this works. This isn't gematria or sacred geometry or playing with numbers. This is literally just how it works. <laughs> 13 squared is 169. The mirror of 13 is 31, and that's 961. 121 121, 144, 441, 169, 961. Now let's walk up to 14. 14 squared is 196. 41 squared is 1,681. That doesn't... None of that jives. None of that jives at all. That's not a mirror. The mirroring stops. Where's the decimal place in pi? Between 13 and 14. The mirroring stops in the very place in which you must creatively say, hmm, that seems like that's a natural reference to pi that God put in that sequential number line. Now add those. 13 plus 14 plus 15 is 42. What was 13 times 14? What was the hamster telling us about? 13 phalanges and 14 phalanges. 182. That's the sum of the divisors of the 42nd prime. And then what does 13, 14, 15 add to? 42. What's 42? It's literally the first thing that the New Testament gives you. It's literally the first thing that the New Testament gives you. The 42 generations, Abraham to David, David to Babylon, Babylon to Christ, and it separates it into what? Three 14s. <laughs> the first thing that they give you in this is a number. Why forty-two? Why separate those? That's just how it happened, Marty. That's just in the historical timeline in which Abraham to David, Babylon, Babylon, Christ, two thousand years ago. Plus, it just so happened that those generations stopped at fourteen generations. It was just three of them, and then they were. They, they thought that this was so important to put in here that you know this. And then it doesn't seem like anybody really knows that. And then, but they didn't tell you when all of it happened. Because all of that makes sense. Or, there's more to the story. 42, 13, 14, 15 equals 42. 13 times 14 references the 42nd prime number. The first thing you're given in, in, in Matthew is what? 42, separated into three 14s. There's the rainbow. You know what that angle is? 42. Forty-two names of God in in Kabbalistic literature and um, Jewish Kabbalistic literature. Forty-two ideals or principles of Matt. Christian natural phenomena, natural number line, Judaism, Egypt. What's going on here? What's going on here? Where else do you find 13, 14, and 15? Between holy and Bible. Between holy and Bible. Holy equals 12. Bible equals 16. What's the numbers between 12 and 16? It's 13, 14, and 15. What does that equal? 42. Pi. Between holy and Bible. Okay, so, one more. Now, when you look at the hamsa, Look at that. So 42. We all saw 42 there, all the ways we can get to 42. If you look at the hamster, there's a couple different ways you can look at it, right? So if you have the two thumbs this way, like this, right? What? It, there's a bunch of different ways you can look at this, right? You can say one thumb here, one thumb here, and three fingers here, right? So let's just look at that as 131. 131's a prime, too. You know what prime it is? It's the 32nd prime which means if it's a prime, it's got its divisors as 1 and 131, which means its divisors are 132. Do you know what? Everybody get that, what we're doing here. One thumb, one thumb here. Just another way of looking at the mathematics. There, You could do this all day long with your hands as well, too. And they, once again, there's Indian children that actually do complex mathematical formula on your hands because God gave it to us for that. So there's 131, so here's one one, th- one, one, three, one, one, three, one. That's a prime. It's a 32nd prime, which means its divisors are 131 and one, which means it's 132 is the sum of the divisors. 132 divided by 42 is pi again. It's a widely used abbreviation and approximation <laughs> of pi. 131, 32nd prime which means its divisors are 131 and 1, which means it adds to 132. This is the natural sum of the divisors. 132 divided by 42 is 3.142. Now, one more thing here. Let's go over this one more time. 131, that's the 32nd prime. Prime is a number divisible by one in itself. One thirty-one is the thirty-second prime, which means its divisors added are one thirty-two, and one thirty-two divided by forty-two is three point one four two. Do you guys know? In Kabbalah, there's it's considered the like in in Jewish Kabbalah they say this it's the like twenty-two letters of the Hebrew alphabet and ten emanations of God those come together to be thirty-two. It trans as you guys know, Kabbalah trans Judaism, it, it, it transcends Judaism, um, and that sort of thing. So the number thirty two isn't just like, well, it's Jewish. Or like people will say this about Masonry, well, it's 30. 30 that's the Scottish right. No, it doesn't belong to anybody. It's just like who owns the sun, God. Who owns the number thirty two, God. We'll get to six 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 here too. Okay. So the property. now So this was the thirty second prime. So there's a reference to the number thirty two. Is the number 32 important in, in English Gamatra? Well, I don't know. English equals 32. Gematria equals 32. Trinity equals 32. Holy Grail equals 32. Axis Mundi equals 32. Present. Jesus Christ is the present equals 32. King Solomon equals 32. Christ equals 32. Why is this important? There's all sorts of things that the number 32 points to, of course. The axis and atlas bone in your spine. It's the 32nd 33rd right here. You say those numbers, most people are like, oh, masonry, devil worshippers, eating goats. No. (laughs) No. But if your head is in that world, then you're never going to see God. You're never going to see it because you need to clear your head of all of that perversion, all of that stuff that you put in there, clear it and see it with new eyes. See it with a child's eyes. So many people see 32 and they're, they got triggers going off in their head. No, oh, Mason, blah, 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 stop, stop. Wash that away. Look at it for the genuine article. Look at it as God wants you to see it. What's interesting about the number 32, speaking of divisors, this is just looking at, once again, the qualities and attributes of the symbol, right? We're just look, number 32, what are your qualities? What are your attributes? What makes you unique, number 32? What are your characteristics? The divisors of the number 32 are, it's a doubling pattern. 1 times 2 is 2. 2 times 2 is 4. 4 times 2 is 8. 8 times 2 is 16. 16 times 2 is 32. Those are the divisors of the number 32. It's a natural um, doubling pattern is what it is or d- dividing pattern if you look at it the other way. Doubling, multiplication or division or just reflections and mirrors of one another, by the way. So, do you know what that is? When the sperm goes and goes in the canal and then gets to the egg and bites into the egg, do you know what happens? It's procreative mathematics. It's the first time where your basics of mathematics gets refuted. One plus one does not equal two in this instance. One plus one equals one, doesn't it? Because one sperm comes in. This is procreative mathematics. One sperm comes in and one egg and then the sperm bites into the egg and what happens? They end up coming together and becoming one human being. And so what happens? It's a doubling pattern. Meiosis and mitosis. The cell division is a doubling pattern. So the one, those two unite, they become one and then they start splitting. One, two, four, eight, 16, 32, 64, 128, etc. That natural doubling pattern that's found within the growth of a human being it's found in number 32. Okay. Um, we're going to do, we're going to pass around the basket to everyone. If you would like to support the fine work that we do here at the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ, we got probably another like half hour or so, just so you guys know, maybe 40 minutes. Um, you can support us by going to Venmo, buy me a coffee, cash app, or you can become a Gubbide. And you can uh, sign up at subscribe star. So Venmo, buy me a coffee cash app, and you can go to nasticacademy.org, and all of the links are there. And you can also... If you would like to send us a, a donation or just a letter or anything like that, we really appreciate it. So- Thank you so much for all the people that do support and see the value in what we do here. Thank you so much. Um, River equals um, 55555. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So we just talked about the number 32. Well, (laughs) speaking of, once again, most people understand the number 32 from free like Freemasonry or Scottish Rite, that sort of thing. That's the first thing that gets triggered in their mind. And I always say, well, stop. This is what I mean by clear your mind, son, clear your mind. You put in your head, 32, 33, bad because Mason. not knowing anything about Masonry, by the way, forget that's a whole separate conversation. And then I come along and I said, well, Jesus allegedly lived to 32 or 33 years in the Bible. Why are you associating that with that assuming evil and then not making any connection with the fact that wh- who you claim is your savior lived to those numbers too. the same Mind you, the same numbers that are on your spinal column right there, my friend. Why? This is what we talk about when you talk about purity, right? When we talk about the purification of the vessel, things like this. It's not just having a soft heart and purifying and that sort of thing. It's also erasing all of that garbage that you put in your head that um, that made you assume that that symbol there, evil, bad. No, 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 no. You got to wipe that away, look at it with fresh eyes, and then you're going to see that there ain't nothing wrong with that. This and this, as we'll see, are telling you the exact same thing. And a purified mind can see it. Double-headed eagle. We talked about this. Is this a natural symbol or is it a mythical symbol? Have you ever seen an eagle with two heads? Me neither. So obviously we know it's in the realms of the mythic. Mystical, esoteric is what I mean. Lots of symbols. 32, 33. What's it referencing there? What's that sword mean? Is that the sword of the spirit? Is Is that what that means? So we have this double-headed eagle. This is when we were in Germany, um, all over the place. We we, we saw this double-headed eagle. So this is one of the symbols of the Masons. What does this have to do with, uh, once again, there's the number 32. We saw that, right, referenced on the hand. This is a single hand with two symmetrical thumbs. Well, that doesn't exist. So what is it referencing? It's referencing what we just talked about when we did the the Knights of the uh, the King Arthur um, Sword and the Stone it is the coincidencia oppositorum, the unity of opposites. Your Those two symmetrical thumbs on that one hand is representing the duality, well, the single energy that has a, a, a you know, it's a singular energy that's not dual in the sense. It's a singular energy that has these two sides to it, but it's a single energy. You understand this through your, your brain, right? Left and right, in, in a sense, right? Logical, analytical, sequencing, linear, mathematical, linguistic, factual, computational, that's on your left side. What's on your right? The creative, the imaginative, the holistic, the intuitive, the numerological, the artistic, the rhythmic, the nonverbal. The, the, the true man, the true being, the true elevated being recognizes that those two things come from one source. You merge them, you balance them, you balance those opposites into something higher. That's what the whole thing is about. You're taking this right and you're taking this left and you're not being pulled one way or pulled this other way. You're recognizing that this this um, this world requires you to balance yourself through those ebbs and flows, those high tides and low tides. That's why you've got two opposable thumbs. The same message is on that double-headed eagle. That's two heads on one body. That's not a real bird. Birds don't carry swords and stuff like that. So... So this is what it's referencing. We just did a whole live stream on the King Arthur about this. This is your polarities. Once again, in the beginning, God created what? The heaven and the earth, which means what? Heaven and earth came from one thing, God Almighty. You're a microcosm of that. You got to recognize that, balance those things. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, Jesus says. Why did he say that? Because he's the balance of the opposites. I'm the Alpha, Omega, Day, Night, Light, Dark, First, Last, Beginning, Ending, Good, Bad, Positive, Negative, Active, Passive, True, False, Yin, Yang, Man, Woman, Acidic, Alkaline, Sun, Moon, Hot, Cold, Health, Disease, Right, Wrong, Constructive, Destructive. Man, Woman, Sun, Moon, all of this sort of thing. We have all of these opposites. And as we learned in the the by, from King Arthur, how, why did he become king? Spoiler alert. Why did Arthur become king? Because he merged the opposites. He went through the process of the coincidencia positorum. This is, once again... Masculine and feminine traits, you actually want to embody all these things. Otherwise, you're not balanced. You're not a complete being. You're not a holistic being. The feminine is what? Nurturance, nurturance, sensitivity, sweetness, supportiveness, gentleness, warm, passivity, um, cooperativeness... Expressiveness, modesty, humility, empathy, affection, tenderness, being emotional, kind and helpful, devoted, understanding. Oh, those are all very nice, feminine things. Then what's men, what's the manly side? Independence, dominance, aggression, protector, provider, strength, courage, assertiveness, competitiveness, taking action, ambitious, bold, stoic, creator, leader, analytical, logical, freedom, ah, blah, 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 right? We got two opposites, but those opposites are on what? One hand. They actually come together and merge. And what are the three fingers doing? The exact same thing. This one and this one, as we'll see, they're sort of lower, and then there's one in the middle, that old bird, and a good bird right there in the middle. He's got good, good bird. He's got a bird in the middle, and that bird is taller than the rest of them. The middle one, the balanced one in the middle, is higher than the rest of them, as we'll see. This is the alchemical androgenite. It's merging all of those things and becoming a holistic being. Our entire cosmology, this is the alchemical androgen and this is the completion of the great work. And don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Alchemy, actual alchemical manuscripts are loaded with this. This is also our cosmology. Once again, those two thumbs represent what? The metaphysical and the physical. The one thumb going one way is the unknown. The, the thumb going the other way is the known. The one thumb going to the right is the incorruptible. You know, the incorruptible. The one going to the left is the corruptible. The one going to the right is the incorporeal. The one going to the left is the corporeal. Celestial, terrestrial, spirit, matter. You get it. This is where we live. Now, are those two things actual, actually separate? No. No, they're not. You experience them as one, don't you? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. How about your man split? Oh, man. Know thyself, and you shall know the universe and the gods. What are you? You're a hamsa. You're a hamsa. You got a left side and a right side, and a pillar in between. This, once again, so, I want to show you guys this. This double-headed eagle here, this symbol here, let's go with this one. This symbol here, no, this one. This symbol here, this symbol the HAMSA and that are all the same. They're literally telling you, this is, for those of you listening at home at the Nostro Church Academy of Lord Jesus Christ, I'm look, we're looking at the back of a $1 bill, and we're not high. We're looking at the back of a $1 bill, and what is that pyramid? <laughs> it's not the, the left, the base to slope angle on the left is mirrored to the one on the right. And those two go up. Pay attention. Just like the thumbs... You got those two sides, the angles. This is a base-to-slope angle here, and this is a base-to-slope angle over here. And those base-to-slope angles rise up in the middle to what? Three fingers. <laughs> What's going on there? The left and the right are rising up to what? A triangle in the middle with an all-seeing eye of God in it. And what is that doing? That's lifted up above. That's pulling the sword from the stone. That's the spirit that's lifted out of the material- look at this matter down here. That spirit up there, it's not even de- it has no dimension. It's metaphysical. It do- it's not in the material world. What's below? That's in the material world. That's why you see shadows and there's dimensionality to it and it's on the ground and it looks pretty flat in the background. I'm just saying. So all of those symbols, People want to say, all seeing I have God bad, Freemasonry bad, Hamza, I'm, I'm, you know, jury's still out because it's... Anyway, all of them are literally telling you the exact same thing. Now, it tells you I'm protected. This is one of the main symbols. Why? Because when you know this, you realize what? God's in control. This is what it points to. That. That God right there. He has laws... Uh, He has his will. He wants you to follow that. And when you get into that groove, right? In this sense, God looks out for you. You're protected. This is what it means. That all seeing eye of God, a lot of people will say, um, you know, once again, this is your fundamental symbolism of the pyramid. People will see this and triggers in their head will go crazy, crazy masonry bad you know this this just means a hierarchy of power at the top and no it doesn't i'm not saying you can't pervert it and invert it i'm not saying that the people that are behind this now care about you that's not what i'm saying i'm not looking i'm saying clear your mind go into that symbol with fresh eyes and try to understand it don't lob onto it and graft onto it all of this stuff that you think it means that's not the way to god god doesn't care about what you think he doesn't care i mean what well, you know what i mean like your opinions and stuff. God doesn't care about that. God has a truth, and he wants you to know it. And all that, that truth is available in these symbols. That is no different than this. This is why I have zero issue hanging this on my wall. You come to our house, you're, you're going to be confused. You'll be like, why is there seven chakras there? And Why do you have a hamsa? And why is there a Christian cross there? And then there's like an Aztec stone. You're confused, Marty. No, actually, the reason I have all that stuff in my house is because I'm not. <laughs> Christi- the all-seeing eye of God is a Christian symbol it's not just a Christian symbol as we know these things belong to God but this is what we try to do we try to take people have this box of Christianity that they want to put on stuff this art. I come along we come along and take that out and be like sorry sorry the association of an eye with the concept of the divine providence is found in Christianity how many Christians will look at the all-seeing eye of God and be like bad, evil, mason, devil worshippers blah 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 no no, and we went to Europe and we we saw the all-seeing eye of God like all over the place. What happened? What's happened along the way? Obviously, we're in a time period that we look at these things and there has been a crazy amount of inversion, a crazy amount of perversion. People, um, people that are working on behalf of, let's just call them the legion, right? People that are working on behalf of you know the, the devil or whatever you want to say right they're not working on behalf of humanity they've been working full-time for a long time to try to find that anything that has light in it and snuff it out invert it pervert it this is exactly what's happened to masonry by the way don't even try don't even bother trying to have that conversation with truthers with a capital t don't even bother you're gonna waste your breath son waste it some pointless they'll they, the they'll see the Masons with an all-seeing eye and they like, bad. It's like, that's from your shit, dude. That's from your religion. That's heralded in your cathedrals. The Masons are coming along and saying, guess what? This is what Masonry is. Universal. Masons know that all those symbols actually don't belong to those religions. They actually belong to God. So the all-seeing eye of God, and what does it say? The all-seeing eye of God, you know, all over the world you see this. Once again, Christian cathedrals, you'll see this. The all-seeing eye have God is, this is from the Masonic Encyclopedia. And, all, and all-seeing eye have God is an important symbol of the supreme being borrowed by the Freemasons from the nations of antiquity. This is the first line in the Masonic Encyclopedia. You know how many, I'm sorry, I'm a little bitching this morning, sorry. But you know how many years I've been online and I've been hearing truthers, 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 being like, yeah, ma- yeah Masons, it's all-seeing eye, that's their symbol. No, it's not they'll tell you in the first line of their encyclopedia that that's not. What happened? What happened? (laughs) Oh, what happened? What happened? What's happened to Christianity? They don't know what any of it means. They've lost the connection to the mysticism, and now all Christianity is, as far as I can tell, is a vacuous, vacant shell of a religion running around claiming they have salvation and they don't know what any of their shit means. Both the Hebrews and the Egyptians appear to have derived its use from the natural inclination of figurative minds to select an organ as the symbol of the function which it is intended peculiar to discharge. On the same principle, the open eye was selected as the symbol of watchfulness. And the eye of God is the symbol of divine watchfulness and care of the universe. The eye, this says in Psalms, what is that? 30, what does that say? 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. Behold he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The eye is always open. It doesn't sleep, it doesn't slumber. It's not dreaming in this sense. It's always keeping an eye. Now, this symbol of the all-seeing eye of God, this is beautiful. Why? Because this is essentially saying God is not only, he created everything, not only is he watching out for it, he's taking care of it, right? He's taking care of his creation. He didn't just, you know, make a 1984 Buick Skylark and then let it rust in the frickin' woods. No, he's getting in the thing and driving it around. He's taking care of it. He's cleaning the seats. I never did that with my 1984 Buick Skylark. But... uh, So God's just, he made his creation, he's taking care of it. Also, he's watching and remembering everything you do or think. Every action, everything you've thought, God sees it, knows it, and know whether it's it's wrong or right, okay? If you recognize this in your life, that you go through your life and you recognize God is paying attention to literally everything I think and do, are you going to straighten up? If you know that at the end of your life, my life is over, and you may have to go and relive all that shit, are you going to clean up? You clean shit up? (laughs) You bet your you better. You bet your ass you will. If you recognize that at the end of this life, holy God, I'm going to have to go back, and I'm going to have to like God's going to come in. He's going to put like in the VCR player. Like the there's a there's a great VCR player in heaven with a big screen TV, and he's going to and it's a long tape. He's going to put your life in that VCR, and you're going to have to watch it again. God, I don't, I'm not looking forward to that, but, (laughs) but if you know that, and you know that God keeps a watchful eye, are you, once again, are you going to be straight? Are you going to try to, you know, clean your sins in that sort of sense? Are you going to try to be a better person? Of course you are. Of course you are. Also, you don't have to have a heavy heart. You know, you can loosen up a little bit because so many people look into the world and be like, oh, it's all going to hell. I got to do some stuff like that. No, you have to do your work here. Yes, yes, yes. You can't just slough off. You can't just be like, well, God's in control. No, you still have your work to do, your great work to do. But you can also breathe easy because guess what? There's a being that's so full of love, care, you know, uh, compassion, mercy, and grace. And we can't even possibly comprehend how beautiful that thing is. And that being is taking care of everything. That's what the watchful, that's what the all seeing eye of God is saying. But it's also a remembrance to say, hey, watch your shit, son. Watch your shit. God's watching you. Rabbi Simeon said, All man's acts are written down in a book and scrutinized by the holy king and stand revealed before him. Therefore, let man take grave concern neither to sin nor in any way to go against the will of his master for even man's thoughts are known to god and do not elude him everything's written down everything's recorded god has a heck of a memory and he knows all of it this is no different than the akashic records period it's just another way of saying it what's the akashic records in religion of theosophy and Phil- uh, philosophical cool uh, school blah blah blah, blah, blah 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 called anth anth and anth- 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 oh my god my freaking brain is not working today religion of theosophy and philosophical school called Anthrop... Anth- Anthropos, anthropo. Oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> Willie! You're gonna have to take over the service because apparently. <laughs> anyway, the Acacia Records are a compendium. Of all universal events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intent to ever have occurred in the past, present, or future, in terms of all entities and life forms—not just human—God sees everything and is recording everything. This is the Akashic Records. This is a like a Hindu kind of way of explaining that. You put this in the lap of Christians, they'll be like, "Well, that's not my stuff. I ain't got a Christian." It's the same thing. It's two different religions talking about the exact same thing. God created everything he's got a watchful eye on everything he knows everything that you say think or do you'll have to answer for that by the way and he's ca- taking care of everything what the rabbis are saying what the all-seeing eye of god is saying in every single one of those christian cathedrals and what the akashic records are saying are the exact same thing and guess who's fighting about all of it all of those people guess who's not fighting about it us gnostics Why? Because I can look at that as a grown-ass man and be like, wow, you guys are fighting about that. That seems a little childish. Did I just walk into a theological daycare here, son? My lord! Right? Those are terms. Yes, God is real. Yes, God has a memory. Yes, God is watching everything. It don't matter what kind of religious text you want to throw on it. I got my Bible. I'm going to throw on this thing. Whack. Doesn't matter. (laughs) By the way, this this is in the poem... Kashik Records Sanskrit word for ether, sky or atmosphere, it's basically just like everything that happens is out there in the world and it's being, you know, on God's mental plane. Okay? So that's what that that um the eye this is a heart, sometimes it'll be the heart. But the eye in the center of that palm is a reference to it's the eye that never slumbers nor sleeps. Okay? Yeah, there's only one God, exactly. Now, let's talk about those three pillars in the center. So we talked about the the coincidence positorum, the unity of opposites. You have the left and the right um, uh, merging, right? On one hand, okay? So then those two, what does that do? That leads up to the three fingers. So now we've got those three pillars that are heading straight up to heaven. Now, first and foremost, we notice that, and it's like this on pretty much every single one I've ever seen. It never differentiates. Those two fingers are smaller than the middle finger, right? So in other words, there's they st- there's still the idea there. There's a finger on the left. There's a finger on the right. There's an alpha and omega, a beginning and an end. There's a let's say it like this. Let's say it like this. There's a Isis and Osiris, and in the middle is a Horus. No, let's say it like this. Let's do this one. Let's do this. There's a father and a Holy Ghost, and in the middle is what Christ. Same thing. Those three pillars are recognized as the Trinity. It's literally the (laughs) exact, just as we did with the all-seeing eye of God. Those are the basis, this is the basis slope angles here, right? Basis slope angles. That's going to lead up to what? The transcendent, the metaphysical, which is three points that's what? Off the pyramid itself. So here you have one, two, three, of course, the three, um, the triangle, of course, the Trinity. We've talked about the Trinity all day long. It's found around the world. A specific mathematical idea, three becoming one, is found cross-culturally independent of, you know, not independent, all religions, because some religions aren't Trinitarian, I get that. But, you know, you see this Trinitarian idea across the world. I make the argument, I say, well, if it wasn't universal, then you wouldn't find it across the world. Do you find across the world the concept of five becoming two? No. No. Do you find across the world the concept of 13 becoming 15? No. Do you find across the world 7 becoming 5? No. Why? Because it's something that belongs to God. It's inherent in the creation. And anybody with a solid heart and a brain and a person that actually wants to understand who they are, where they are, the nature of God, will find this. Because God put it there. And that's why you find it in the OM. You find it in Native American three spirals. You find it in the Norse stuff. You find it in ca- across the world on flags and all this other stuff. You find it, once again, in Egyptian. You find it in the Hindu. You find it in the Orphic. You find it in the Celts. Why? Well, because as we say, God is universal. And what are all these people doing? Trying to take it, say it's mine. And you'll fail. All those people have failed their spiritual pursuit. I don't know what else to say. I'm not here to judge or anybody or anything like that. But if you've gone along and said, the Trinity is mine, 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 you failed. You failed. Because the one thing that you were supposed to recognize about the Trinity is it's for everybody. It's across the world. Yeah, everybody through my Christian religion. No, 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 no. So let's look at this again universals, universals, universals. Let me say it again. Universals, universals, universals. Notice I said three times, right? actually six. Let me say it one more time. Universals, there's seven. Universals, just the eight. <laughs> there, There's three here, right? Then there's one on the left and one on the right and the middle one is bigger. Middle one is taller. Where do we find this? Around the world again. Mayan, Aztec, cultures, we don't even know who built the stuff are saying the same thing. This is uh, called a triptych. A lot of this research was brought out by a guy named um, Richard Cassaro. God bless Richard Cassaro. Great books, great author. uh, Written in stone is what this comes from. Goes around the world and you'll see architectural themes around the world saying the exact same thing. Ah, you don't want to go through the left door. That's a small door. No, that's, that's a door for peons and weaklings and... Right, that sort of thing. You don't want to go for the right door because that right door, that's the toxic, that's the, that's the dumbass man. Like, oh, burly, 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 burly. That's that guy. You're the king. You want to go through the middle door. That's where the king goes through. The center, the balance. Exactly what we talked about in the Sword and the Stone lecture is exactly what the hamsa is saying. There's three entrances. Which one are you going to go to? Are you going to go to the left one and be all unbalanced and stuff? Are you going to go to the right one and be all unbalanced and stuff? Or are you going to find the center path? The middle way. God, that sounds familiar. But that's Buddhist, so that's bad stuff, right? <laughs> what about this one? This is in Prague. Look at this. What is this? You mean to tell me that's not this the same thing? What's around, the circle around that, that castle right there? What is it? It's a fleur-de-lis, by the way. It's a three. And it's going, one's going up and then one's going in. So one's going out and one's going in. In, 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 in out, 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 out. In other words, so like in and out, look at the circle around the castle. And then what's the three in the middle? The triptych in the middle. It's the same thing. This is a different way of saying that. And both of these things are pointing to the exact same thing. This might as well be sept, and that might as well be seben. And both of those words mean seven, because that's exactly what you're doing. This is a different way, different language, a different way of symbolism to, to talk up in the third pillar. Yes, the exact same thing. These are all beautiful expressions of the same song. That's what it is. The same song is being played, but in what over here, it's the Rolling Stones, Right? Right, no, it, it's like it's like uh, all along the watchtower, right? You guys know the song all along the watchtower. This is the song. Terrible analogy, but we're gonna run with it. <laughs> this is the song all along the watchtower. And over here, you've got Dave Matthews singing, it. it's like There it must be some kind of way out of here. Right, and then over here, you've got Bob Dylan trying to sing it. It's his own song. He's you know, and then over here, you've got. Jimi Hendrix playing all along the Watchtower. And everybody that's in the Jimi Hendrix camp and everybody that's in the Dave Matthews band camp and everybody that's in the, the, the Bob Dylan camp are all being like, oh, mine, my guy. And it's the same song. <laughs> How about Alchemy? Same song. Wait, in Alchemy, we just covered this. That you can't possibly understand the Bible without understanding the basics of Alchemy. Alchemy is a... It's the Tria Prima. It's the Tria Prima. It's three becoming one, by the way, but it's like Prima means one first, you know, the prime. Sulfur, Mercury, and Salt, those three things do what? Become one. It's the Tria Prima. Tria Prima is just another way of saying Trinity. triunity. unity. Now, Go out to ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the Christians and be like, "Hey, dude, alchemy! I'm totally into alchemy and Christian. What? You go to hell? Blah, 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 blah. All right. You'll go. It'll go. Pardon my language. Full retard. Three. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. How about those things? What is the three? Three stages in the practice of the Jesus prayer. The first level is an oral prayer. The second is a mental prayer, and the third is a prayer of the heart. Why three? Why three? Theosis in, in um, like the process of theosis in, that's understood in masonry is there's three levels of it. Purification, illumination, and deification. Why three? Because all of these different traditions throughout all the years could go into the genuine article, just like I did, and see it, and extract the wisdom directly from it, and then be able to say, whoa, 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 son. They're talking about the same thing here universals. I was a Trinitarian before I ever started teaching this thing. I was a Trinitarian. Why? Because I listened to God. Purification, illumination, deification. The three aspects of God. Once again, these are the three fingers omnipotent omniscient and omnipresent those are the three aspects of God it's triune nature it's a tripart nature these once again this is the three um this bottom one comes from the Zohar selected readings of the Zohar the book of splendor says here um, what page is this I guess it doesn't matter if you want to look um page 19. It says, likewise, there are three strands of spirit moving hither and thither. Three strands of spirit, three strands. And they are drawn into three different worlds. Neshama, I think is how you say that, is the super soul, issues forth and goes in among the mountain passages. And there is joined by Ruah, the spirit. Then it descends below. And there is Nefesh, the vital soul, joins Ruah. And the three are linked into a unity. This is Jewish. This isn't Christian. That's the Trinity. Fundamental of what they talk about in the Zohar is Trinitarian. Then they say this. Neshama is the super soul. It's way up there and it's in the mountains. Then there's the Ruah, which is the spirit. And that's, you know, that's here uh, joined in like uh, among the mountain passages. And there is joined by Ruah. Then it descends below Ruah. And that's the Nefesh. This is the three alchemical stages. Sulphur is below, salt is on the earth, and mercury is in heaven. That's literally exactly the same thing they said in the Zohar. Now say the word Zohar to a bunch of Christians and watch them spaz. (laughs) So the three degrees of masonry, no, there's not 33 degrees in masonry. It's not 33 degrees. There's three degrees in masonry. It's the first degree, the second degree, the third degree. First degree is the entered apprentice. The second degree is the fellow craft. Second degree is Fellowcraft. fellow craft. Third degree is the master mason. Literally the exact same thing. Different ways of explaining it. Here's, um, this is, a. um, uh, Pretty common illustration where they actually see steps going up, and this is essentially your steps of learning. This is your ascension on high, and the first three steps are your first th- three degrees of masonry, right? And then um, big time spaz, yeah, dude, it's insane too. You're watching people get triggered. That's what it is. They're no different than the, the, oh, the when they when they rip on the left and be like, oh, they're all triggered. You guys are doing the same shit. You're literally doing the same thing. Here's a mirror. So here's, here's the here's the steps up, you know, um, steps of masonry. First three are the, you know, three degrees of masonry. Then you get the, the four the, or the five senses, essentially what it is. It goes three, five, seven. Those are all prime numbers, by the way. They're pointing to primes. Three, five, and seven. The top seven there, um, let me see if I have this. Yeah, the top seven are exactly what we said. Astronomy, music, geometry, arithmetic, logic, um, grammar, and rhetoric. The seven classic liberal arts is what you have to, you know, in this sense, you you have to educate yourself in those in order to, you know, because you have to know about, what are you going to not know about the entire canopy of God God put above you and you think you're going to get to the next realm? God showered you with his metaphysicality and most people have no idea about any of it. They couldn't tell you where Cassiopeia is. They can't tell you where the North Star is. They can't tell you what, why, Orion's relationship to the ecliptic. Nothing. But they a good they, They's going up there. They're they're going to get into heaven, but you don't know anything about it. Well, we're, we've got the true path or whatever. It's crazy. It's insane. God put all that stuff up there and you don't need to know anything about it. God put this right in front of you and you don't need to know anything about it. That's why they're called the Y7 too. Y7 Classic Liberal Arts. So this is the three pillars of masonry, three steps in masonry is exactly what the, the the Hamsa is telling you about. Bunch of different, you know... This not, I don't even think that's Masonic. That's just like another way of showing it. Uh, there, there it is. There's three, you know, three stages. Ender Apprentice, Fellowship Craft, Master Mason. There it is once again. So, now, these three... This is um, uh, more getting a little bit mathy here, okay? Once again. Um... 118 watching, these three, uh, let's start here, where we are, yeah, let's do this, let's do this one, sorry, let's do this, when you look at these three, so you've got your ham, so you've got the two thumbs, well we already understand that the two thumbs are separate than the three fingers, and the three fingers are literally put together, so as if three become one, right, three become one, what are what is that well this is a these are both a reference to the base 10 system okay these these nine phalanges here you can go one two three four five six seven eight nine okay one two three four five six seven eight nine that's your base 10 system Add zero okay um so that's zero one two three five six seven eight nine is your base 10 system what is that that's kabbalah once again, just go out and say these words to a bunch of Christians, Masonry, Zohar, Kabbalah, alchemy, and watch them poop their pants. (laughs) That's not adult. That's not an educated, advanced understanding of your theology in any way, shape, or form. Kabbalah is number symbolism. Full stop period, it it, it informs you about the qualities, attributes of those numbers and where you find them in the world. This, I've touted this book before, right? Beginner's Guide to Constructing the Universe. Class, if you don't have this, pause this and then go order it and then come back. This right here is a Michael S. Schneider, this is a book by a professor that basically just goes through and looks at the properties, qualities, where you find in the world of the attributes of 1 through 10, the numbers 1 through 10. Now, if you ask this guy, um, is this a Kabbalistic book? He would probably tell you no, right? I don't know what he would actually say, but I'm here to tell you that this book here is Kabbalistic. This Kabbalistic is anything I've ever written. Why? because it's doing exactly what Kabbalah is supposed to do, teach you about God's numbers that he put right in front of you. What are numbers? They're supernatural, they're metaphysical, they have inherent qualities, inherent attributes, they're order, they're axiomatic, they're universal, they're emanations of God, they're divine principles of design, and God gave us a numeric alphabet put right in front of us, Zero. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Those nine numbers in that zero can make any other number in creation. We've talked about that. This is why you find nine worlds around the Yagrasil tree. That's a reference to numbers. That's Kabbalistic. Period. Norse. The Norse stuff is Kabbalistic. Period. Christian angelic hierarchy. Why nine angels? What is it a reference to? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Christianity. Kabbalistic. Egyptian. Ennead. Nine gods. Why? Atum, Shu, Tufnut, Gab, Nut, Osiris, Isis, Set, Nephthys. Why nine? Because it's Kabbalistic. We just looked at the Aetherian legends and what did they have? Nine worthies. Why? Because King Arthur and the legends of the Aetherian knights and Camelot and the Holy Grail and the Excalibur sword, you know what it is, ladies and germs? Kabbalistic. And we live in a time where, if you actually try to get anybody to say that shit, most people lose their friggin' minds. So congratulate yourself that you're here. <laughs> so zero, zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's your base ten system. What do the other the thumbs do? There's four four phalanges on the thumbs, right? One, two, three, four. Do you know what one plus two plus three plus four is? It's ten. Both of those things refer to the same thing that your hands refer to. It's just a different way of showing you the exact same thing. Two different ways of a mythical symbol to point to literally what's right in front of you. One plus two plus three, one plus two plus three plus four is 10. What is this? Zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's Kabbalah. All of this. Kabbalah. The top of your fingers, that's essentially what we're showing. There are the the three fingers there. right? That's essentially what it's showing. How would you understand any of that stuff if you did not educate yourself in this? You can't. It's impossible. This is what the Masons were trying to tell you. That all those truthers with the tall T can't handle. Too bad. Too bad. This is what the Masons were trying to tell you. There's no way you could possibly understand the deeper meaning of that symbol. Unless you did what? You did some study in geometry and number. Because what did we just do today? The first thing we said, Hamsa, 5. What does 5 point to? A design signature of God. The very ratio that at the end in Revelation they used to measure the city of God. So the ten, 10 emanations, you go into the 10 emanations. Sorry, this is a little bit longer than I thought. You guys are cool. 10 emanations, you go into the 10, ten emanations of God, it's going to naturally point you to the number three. But children could do this. Zero, no dimensions. One, one point. It doesn't, it could be infinitely large, infinitely small. There's two points. You just got two points. You can connect them with a the line. But there's no space, there's no plane for a movement. It's only when you get to three, three, the Trinity, that you actually have substantiation. And that's where you have a plane or space for movement because you have those three points. Those three points become one. This is the fundamental... The Trinity tells you and informs you about the fundamentals of geometry. And once again, it's just a passing thought to most Christians. That tells you everything you need to know about the time frame that we're in right now about the age and the world that we live in right now it's like marvin merlin said right ah you know dark ages and then he goes remember he goes into like our time period and he comes back to the dark ages and he's like that place is a shithole says everything you need to know children could come to understand why the number three is so important universally speaking, and then you brought this to most Christians, and they'd be like, well, it's just math. And well. All higher numbers can be reduced to one of the original 10 numerals, zero, or one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This is called Pythagorean addition, digital rooting, or Kabbalistic production. It's Kabbalah. So that, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, that's all a trinity. And even those fingers are broken up into a trinity. It's three become one. Three phalanges become one. Three phalanges become one. Three phalanges become one finger, and then those three fingers are put together to do what? One. There it is. One two three. My graphics are out of place. One two three four five six seven eight nine. All right, just just a few more, and I'll I'll go through these kind of quick. Let's just some more math that you can derive from this when you look at the when the phalanges. There's four or excuse me. There's two phalanges on their thumb. Nine in the middle, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then two on the left. So two, nine, and two, two, nine, and two. Let's just multiply those. Two thumbs, or two phalanges times nine phalanges times two is what? It's 36. What's 36? The 36 triangular number is 666. Using triangulation and basic math, that symbol, this symbol right here, points to 666. Well why? That must that means it must be the of the devil, right? Well, we've t- t- spoken about six 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 numerous numerous times on this channel. all the places just you know you can find six six. Number one, right here in the Trinity, one plus two plus three equals six, four plus five plus six equals 15 and one plus five equals six. seven plus eight plus nine equals 24 and two plus four equals six. And then what did this reference in the other symbol in the all-seeing, I've got a reference a triangle. Go to the equilateral triangle. What does the equilateral triangle tell you? 60, 60, and 60. Use Kabbalistic reduction on that. What does it tell you? Six, six, six. How about the periodicity of time? How we measure the day? 60 seconds a minute, 60 minutes an hour, 24 hours in a day, 6. 6 plus 0 is 6. 6 plus 0 is 6, and 2 plus 4 is 6. Now, this is what I mean by... Our world needs a lot of education. It really does. That's one of the biggest issues in our world today right now is, I would say education is one of the biggest. Just like, just like, so, I won't even use this. Just like so many of these other things. Just like I said, you say Zohar, you say Kabbalah, you say what, whatever it is, right? That, oh, uh, the, you know, the, any of those sorts of things. And you'll see people flip their lid. You see the, Christians, you'll see the same thing with the number 666. I've I've you know talked about 666 and all this other stuff and I've seen it today. It hasn't changed at all. At all since I started. It's gotten worse. You say 666 to these Christians and they'll flip their they'll lose their minds. They'll flip their lid. Why? Well, because of Revelation, guys. Because Revelation says 666 is the number of the beast. Are you going to tell me it's not Marty? This is how bad... I'm sorry, I'm getting a little harsh here, whatever. But this is how bad modern Christianity has gotten. You didn't read the rest of the story. You didn't read the rest of the book. Revelation 13, 18. We know the the, the line right before it. It's like, you know, they'll, uh, mark in the hand, blah, 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 right? It says, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 603 score and 6. The beast it's got this number it's 666 that means 666 bad. okay you didn't finish the story and this is why I, sometimes I i'll get real harsh with christians because you're te- you're coming to me i'm flashing 666 which is found in the name of jesus by the way why why is 666 found in the name of jesus i show that though people lose their mind you didn't finish the story you did not finish reading the book this is where principal marty Leeds is going to have to come into the classroom and look like look You guys got to settle the fuck down, man. You guys didn't finish the story. You're freaking out about a number, and you didn't even read the rest of the chapter. This is 15. And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, Stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God, and they sing the song of Moses of God and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, the Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Shit, that beast is dead, son. That beast is on the ground withering and bleeding out. Why? Because as I saw it, there was these people that had gotten victory over this beast that had that number. And over his number and over his name, and they stand on the sea and glass, and they're singing the songs of God. They're not scared about the number six six six. They defeated the beast. They own that shit now. That's why it's in the name of Jesus. Christians are freaking out over a number they didn't even continue reading their book. You see why I get some it's hot about this? I'm the I'm the. Like, uh, I'll, I'll become like the um, in some of these like Reddit or like Discord channels and stuff like that. This church and stuff like that will get shit for talking about this. And I'm basically just saying, look, you got to continue to read, son. So the Hamsa absolutely has 666, you know, the tr- triangulation of the number 36 on the basic math of it. Why? Ah, go slay a dragon. It's telling you to go slay a beast not to be scared of a number. By the way, when we looked at this, I forgot to mention this, three three is the first number, like and Pythag- like the Pythagoreans said that three, the zero, one, two were really not numbers. They're like some special thing because it's like you can't, there's too much to talk about there, but three is the first time that actually substantiates geometry, right? So they call three the first number. 9 is the top because after that you get to 10, 11, 12. Those numbers can all be reduced. 10 becomes 1, 11 becomes 2, 12 becomes 3, 13 becomes 4. You can reduce those down. So 3 through 9 are actually, according to the Pythagoreans, essentially your your, your number base. 3 through 9 adds to 42. 3 plus 4 plus 5 plus 6 plus 7 plus 8 plus 9 equals 42. So, um... God, there's a lot of other stuff. You know what? I think I'm going to cut this because there's a few other things that we could talk about, but I just want to mention this one thing and, and then we'll go because there's a, there's a, there's a lot of more to discuss, but it gets a little mathy. I just want to point this out. This cipher, the English cipher, this thing right here, that thing right there, the basic math to construct this thing is on the hamsa. The basic math to construct this, and I'll go over this real quick. Another way to look at the math. What do you have? You have... On the thumbs, you have four phalanges. So the thumbs have four phalanges. The fingers have nine. Once again, how are we gonna come how are we gonna possibly understand the deeper meaning of this if we don't apply math to it? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? All right? So the two phalanges and the three fingers. So there's two on each thumb, so there's four and there's nine. Four and nine. Let's just look at this as, for instance, once again, a different way of looking at the math. Is 49. 49 is 7 squared. So 7 times 7 is 49. Do you know how you square a number? Well, you just do this. You just walk up. That's how you do it. So you go 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus 5 plus 6 plus 7 plus 6 plus 5 plus 4 plus 3 plus 2 plus 1. Do you know what that equals? 49. Is it's the center pillar squared. Let's do it again. 7 squared equals 49. How do we get to 49? How do we square a number? We do it like that. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You add those up, it's 49. Do you know how many numbers there are to do that in order to square the number 7? 13. That's 7 squared. That's 49. And there's 13 numbers there. Here's the HAMSA. 7 squared 1234567654321 you know how many numbers there are 13 w- 13 and 7 is the basis the basis for the septenary cipher and those basic numbers are encoded in that symbol what's 13 that's how many phalanges are on the hamster. what's 13 well by lord it's Jesus and his disciples. It's tw- it's the geometry of 12 around 1. Or 13. 12 around 1. You know, we do a lot of work with the Zodiac Man on this channel too, right? And what is that? It's 12 constellations around your body. 1. What's that? Shit! You've been walking around with 13 all day long! <laughs> Mystically, that's what it that's what it references. It's all of those. They're twelve around one. Thirteen. Now, once again, it says everything about the world that we live in. Now, how many people have a superstition about the number thirteen? Why? That's going to do it. I think that's enough for today. You guys are good bards. I just want to let you guys know you guys are very, very good bards. And if you guys want to become a good bird, you can become a good bird at Subscribestar. And we have different tiers of birds. You can become a phoenix bird, an aquila bird, a cygnus bird. You can become time the Piedmont bird. You know what I'm saying? So um, that is going to do it for me. If you guys would like to send any donations, once again, Venmo, buy me a coffee, Cash App, Subscribestar. That's how we keep going. If you would like this level of education every single week. This is how we keep this going is your support. We don't do commercials. I don't sell anything. I don't sell. The only thing we sell is educational material. You know, essentially that's all it is. We don't have commercials. We don't have sponsors. We have no interest in ever doing any of that. This stays alive by your support. This stays alive by people that value it, see the value and want to keep it alive. That's how it keeps going. So Christ is with me wherever I go. That is true, Brian Rose. Okay, so let you guys know um, if you would like, yes, if you'd like to become a a good bird, you can become a good bird at Subscribestar. Uh, If you would like a snail mail, um, my name is Kevin McNally, N17178, Country Pride Drive, Pembine, Wisconsin, 54156. Also, we are doing, um, and I need to promote this more, Friday, March 17th, Friday, March 17th, I am going to be doing the True Earth Equinox Summit with... A host of people. We've got uh, Caleb over at TikTok. We've got Amanda Volmer, We've got Crum. We've got Brian at High Impact Vlogs and Brother Sanchez TV. And Brian and Brother Sanchez have stolen my look. That's my look. I don't know what's going on there. Crow Triple Seven. Some Hibbler dude. Some guy named Sam Tripoli. Jaron Campanella. We've got David Avocado Wolf. And then uh, me. But anyway, uh, so that's March 17th, and I think I'm on at six or seven, one of the two. You can go to thames.live, thames.live, and you can uh, sign up. And I think it's like 50 bucks or something like that. Make sure to put my name in there. It'll ask you, and then I'll get part of the donation. I would love to see 20, 30, 40 of you show up. It's going to be, uh, and here, this is my little promo. It's going to be an awesome live stream. It's going to be an awesome lecture because what I'm going to do is look at all of the math of the Helio nonsensical model and show you essentially where they got those things. Oh, like a bunch of it. Why 93? We were going to cover this today. Why is the sun ninety three billion miles away? Why is the moon 2,160 miles in diameter? Why is the relationship between the Earth and the moon, what, you know, the radius of the Earth and the radius of the moon, measure out to 5,040? What does this have to do with squaring the circle? Why 666 and all of this stuff? We covered a little bit of that today. So we're gonna go over that, um, basically look at Flat Earth and Heliocentric and say, hey, this is where they got these numbers from. These numbers are actually sacred. There's nothing wrong with any of these numbers, but what are they doing with them? Inversion and perversion, because that's their game. That's their game. They want you to look at this stuff. They want you to look at 32. They want you to look at 33. They want you to look at alchemy. They want you to look at all of this stuff and be like, bad. Mm. That's inversion and perversion. Clear your mind. Wipe your slate. See this stuff with child's eyes. What do I mean by that? With wonder. Like, like you've seen it for the first time. That's what we're going to do. It's going to be good. So if you can... Live, March, uh, Friday, March 17th. I think about 7 o'clock, 6 or 7 o'clock um, Pacific time, I want to say. It's going to be good. So thank you to Content Safe for getting us on BitChute, Rumble, Odyssey, and we are streaming to YouTube and Rockfin and all of that sort of stuff. Jennifer, do I... I... emailed it to you and there's another one that came in after. Okay. Who's the other one that came in after? It's in your email. It's in the emails. Which email? Your info and Boom. Okay. Let me say thank you. Oh, I also want to ask, um, and leave a comment here, leave a number one or something in the comment section. If I get 30 to 40 people that are interested, I might start doing Tuesdays with Marty. It just kind of happened. Where I just get on and no agenda whatsoever, ask questions, maybe on an hour, hour and a half, play a little guitar, or something like that. If people are interested in that, want more Marty time, why, I don't know. But if you do... Um, just let me know. Put a little one in the comment section. Say, yeah, I'd love to see you live on Tuesdays. Like Tuesday morning, maybe like 9.30 or something like that. Get on, play a little guitar, answer questions, do any of that stuff. I'd be happy to do that um, if there's enough interest in it. Because it will cost more internet and stuff like that. So, But if people are interested and they have good questions and stuff like that, I'm, I'd love to do that. So, um, Anyway, also... You can get us at the Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac app. That's right. Sunday Sermons are on there. Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac app. You can get that on Google Play. Stop on over and they're there. So, And just to let you guys know, we do have uh, signed hardcover books now available if anybody wants. All the um, info that was on the website, GnosticAcademy.org. We do have a Marty Leeds archive right now, which is literally everything. And yes, we are shipping out like a hard drive and everything like that. I know that there's newer technology that we don't need this stuff. I get it, but we're old school so uh so that's what we're doing also um uh, we've got 12 records if you guys want all of that sort of stuff so let me know in the comments if you'd like to know more about or if you'd like um yes to tuesday love those streams okay cool thank you all for being here today virginia dare roddy sue whiskey good to see you ben krupa bobby 96 thank you so much um, okay, so let me get back to my thank yous. Brian Rose, thank you so much, brother. I just saw that you got Jared Martin. All the goodbyes. All the, all the people that have signed up and subscribed, star and become goodbyes. You guys are great. Love you. Um, Janine Grassi, Valerie Gutierrez, Blair Murphy, Gavin, Derek Holloway, uh, Samurai Deadpool, 777. Oh, thank you. Adam H., Harvey Brown, Paige, Sage Bear, Daniel Petrillo, Chanseel Genbreau, the pious Jamie Diana, yeah, Jamie Diana, two sixty four. The Ancient Order, Cynthia Holtzman, Bobby 96, once again, Jared Poole, Anders Olberg, oh yeah, Anderson A. Cat, Jeremy Hines, tip 20, happy rising, my friends, much love to you, much love, Jeremy, Angie A., tip 5, Jason Reed, tip 10, get her done, Marty Good Stuff, thank you, Andrew Masonette, here's to keeping the party, rocking. Marty, love coming to church, thank you so much, Andrew Masonette, best church ever, right? Like, I'm gonna, let's get cocky here, let's get... <laughs> this church is awesome great people love what I do I, I love being able to you know uh, purvey this information I love studying it like the this last week I was on Shakespeare and my lord I'm a nerd I'm such a freaking nerd dude I'm like geeking out on Shakespeare <laughs> anyway I love doing this I love everything about it and I hope we can keep going so um so thank you to all that do you know do support this uh where was I? Daniel Hager, 20, uh, oh, I'm sorry, poly, I'm sorry, Mark Brotherson, thanks as always, thank you, Mark Brotherson, Polly Mathing, thank you so much, Perspective96, here's to slaying the dragon, thank you for all you do and the awesome work you're putting out to the world, thank you, Mr. Bobby, Daniel Hager, Jared Poole, thank you so much, Mr. Poole, Jackie Traverson, love you guys, love you, Auntie Jake, John Vena, Virginia Murray, well done, Marty, thank you, Jenny Dare, Ginny Dare, thank you so much. Alicia Crawford, always killing it. Christina Bangs bought four coffees. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and benefiting so much. Thank you. The people that do stick around, do pay attention. There's a lot of crap on the internet these days. Marty's a little hot this morning, can you tell? There's a lot of garbage. Absolute hot steaming piles of dog shit on the internet. That's not what you're watching here. I put a lot of time, I put a lot of effort, I've dedicated my life to this. I'm 1,000%, I'm all eight freaking cylinders, 100% with this. Um, so you're not watching that garbage. That's for sure. Um, Allison Flynn. Thank you so much. Aurorian and Shane bought three copies. Another fine Sunday service. Thank you, Mr. Rorian. Uh, there's a bunch of these people that I can't wait to get some tacos and margaritas with too. My Lord, it's good people. Um, Jeremy F. Thank you so much. Aurorian Shane, three more coffees. I've Filled in the wrong info. That's all right. You don't have to keep buying me coffees, though. But someone else bought three coffees. Thank you so much. Okay. I think that'll do it. Um, Brian Rose. Okay, that's going to do it. Guys, God bless. Thank you so much. You rock. Looking forward to more on Tuesdays. Okay. It sounds like we we will. Yeah. If you do get a chance, 666 cylinders. That's what I'm talking about, son. That's what I mean. Eight cylinders. That's what... Hey, what are you doing? KC Industry, what are you doing? You are moderated. Boom! moderated your son mr kc is going to be speaking at um the event too um with your friend derek i believe is his name right i'm sorry if i got that incorrect but looking forward to that uh, a younger kid is on tiktok and stuff like that and pushing the flattered stuff so a plus mr caleb thank you so much um is there a link to the event live. t-e-m-m-s dot live And maybe Jennifer can put that in the link, thames.live, you can buy. And I think it's like 50 bucks, once again, and you get the whole, and you can watch it later and stuff like that if you miss them. So it's like two days, a bunch of good, you know, uh, speakers and stuff like that, so. All right, that's it, I'm gonna do it. Guys, thank you so much. It looks like uh, there's enough people that best church ever, truth seeker, yes, yes. Speaking of, looking forward to having some beers with you. Um... All right, looks like uh, people do want to do the Tuesdays thing, so I think that that's probably something I'll I'll, I'll get going. So, okay, that's going to do it for me. Guys, I want to say thank you so much. May you always keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ onto eternal life. May his grace be with you all. Amen. Okay, that's going to do it. We're going to listen to a song that I just wrote the other day, just kind of jamming along, and I called it Collider I don't know. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy. I will see you next Sunday. I think next Sunday we're going to get back into Matthew. So I think we're on Matthew chapter 7, which is a tasty one. Very delicious, Matthew chapter 7 is. And then, yeah, we might do 7 and 8, and then we'll go into... There's a whole bunch of things that I want to talk about, as you guys know. So lots and lots of stuff ahead. Lots to cover. And all right, that's going to do it. Guys, as always... Thank you so much for enjoying uh, or spending your Sunday with us, okay? I appreciate it. If you get a chance, stop on GnosticAcademy.org and there's all the portals there. All right, that's going to do it. As always, many blessings and much love to all.